series to being a teaching series. How many of you are ready to learn the word today? I said, how many of you are ready to learn the word today? So I want you to put your seatbelt on, hold on a little bit, but we're going to learn some principles today. And I'm going to pick it up in a couple of weeks, um, but we're going to learn some principles today. Keep me in prayer. I, I leave on Tuesday for the National Presidential Prayer Breakfast, and we're going to be with a whole lot of diplomats and politicians, and, and our goal when we go there to this meeting is to pray for our politicians, to love on them and to minister to them. And so we get a chance to just really represent Christianity to diplomats and foreign officials from all over the world. There's Muslims coming, Jewish people coming, um, uh, different, different people from all over the world that are coming to this prayer breakfast to, to interact with Christians. And so last year, I got a chance to, to spend some time with the Secretary of Administration from Mexico, and um, she wasn't a Christian, but I got a chance to pray with her, encourage her in the Lord, show her what Christianity really looks like, amen? I, I was with a, a woman, a high official from Estonia, uh, several different people, and we just, we just really, you know, ministered to them, and then I was in the same room with President Obama, and I thought it was just... I thought it was a, an honor to be in the room with the president, amen? And this year it'll be with President Trump, and I think it's an honor as well. So uh, Romans chapter 12, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy, everybody say holy, holy. and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. This is what it means to worship God. Not singing, not showing up to church once a week, but it is to offer yourself holy and pleasing to God. Don't conform to the pattern of this world. Don't conform to the philosophies and the thoughts of this world, but be transformed. Everybody say transformed. By the renewing of your mind, say mind. mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. This morning, I want to continue my series entitled Lost. Some things get lost along the way. Several weeks ago, I talked about lost fire, how we've lost the fire, the passion of God, and how we want to get it back. And two weeks ago, I talked about lost identity. People don't know who they are in Christ. Last week, we talked about lost inheritance, lost sense of who we are and what belongs to us as believers. This week, I want to talk to you about losing our mind. Have you ever said, I'm, I'm about to lose my mind? Hmm? Have you ever looked at your husband or your wife and said, have you lost your mind some wives are like, yeah, every morning I say that to my husband. <laughs> have, you, have you ever said to a child, mind your manners? Hmm? Have you ever said mind over matters? Well, in Romans chapter 12, Paul tells us that our entire life can be changed or transformed 
by the renewing, by the restoring, the regenerating of our minds. You see, I believe with all my heart that God wants to transform our lives. And the word transformation is a Greek word which means metamorpho, which means to be transformed from one thing to another, to be literally changed from something to something totally different. It is the caterpillar that turns into the butterfly, something absolutely different. A caterpillar cannot fly. A caterpillar cannot move quickly. A butterfly can fly and sting like a bee. No, I'm just kidding. And God wants to transform us. Have you, have you ever met a person that you knew before they came to Christ, before they were a Christian, and they were bad? Maybe you should look in the mirror. I mean, they just did all kinds of destructive things in their life. They were destructive in their thinking, in their actions. They were just, man. And then they come to Christ, and you watch this beautiful change or transformation that occurs in their life. They used to beat their wife. They used to get so drunk that they couldn't walk. They used to work endless hours trying to accumulate more and more stuff in their life. They used to gossip about everybody. They used to backbite and stab people in the back. They used to use language that you know, only a truck driver, God forgive me if you're trying to, you know, would use. But, but you have seen a change in their life. For some people, it's a dramatic change. Listen, when somebody's living on the edge and it's so incredibly dramatic and you see Jesus rescue them, it looks so dramatic. You know, let me correct myself and say every change is dramatic in the kingdom of God. Some look more obvious than others, but all of us, before we came to Christ, we're bound for hell, and we were wicked, and we deserved the wrath of God. I don't care if you fixed yourself up. I don't care if you put makeup on. I don't care if you learned the Christian jargon. I don't care if you raised your hand. I don't care if you read your Bible. Listen to me. If you were not redeemed by the blood of Jesus, if the Holy Spirit did not come into your life, if you were not born again, you were just as wretched as the other person that was doing all these things that we think are worse. But did you ever watch somebody just transform? Wow, just, it's an amazing thing. And God wants you to be so transformed that you're going to be a reflection of the very character and nature of God. That God's goal for your life is to look, talk, act like Jesus. Isn't that what Romans chapter 8, 29 says? God foreknew you so that you would be conformed into, conformed into, transformed into. The word transformation is the same used, listen, listen to me, the same word used for when Jesus went up to the mountaintop and was transfigured. 
that his three disciples saw him like they've never saw him before. He was literally transfigured so that they saw the Son of, the, of, of God, the mighty God, the Son. And that same word is used for us, that God wants to transfigure and transform our life, that we literally act different, we look different. We react to things differently. We respond to things differently. There's a change in our life. Now, sometimes it's a little bit more progressive and slower, but there's, there's definitely a change that happens in our life. He wants to transform the way that you live your life. He wants to transform the way that you respond to adversity. He wants to transform the way that you respond to challenges, the way that you respond to temptation, the way that you respond when somebody hates you, the way that you respond when you don't understand things that happen in your life. He wants you to live with confidence. He wants you to live with courage. He wants you to live with faith. He wants you to live with power. He wants you to live with love. He wants you to be filled with the fruit of the Spirit. He wants you to be self-controlled. He wants you to be able to control yourself. He wants you to be able to be kind. He wants you to be able to be compassionate. He wants you to be able to know the word and live a holy life. He wants you to look like Jesus. Before we go any further, we've got to look a little closer at the book of Romans in general. Because because when Paul the Apostle says, therefore, it's there for a reason. So in Romans chapter 12, Paul says, therefore, be, because you read Romans 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, therefore, because of all this information that you have learned, therefore now you can offer yourself as a living sacrifice, which is your reasonable act of worship. So Paul is making sure that we understand that worship is not what we do on Sunday morning. Worship is who we are every single day, second, millisecond of our life. Worship is not singing. Worship is living a holy, transformed life so we can be a representation, an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ so that God says you are holy, so because you're holy and because I am holy, then live a holy life and be the light of the world, be the salt of the earth, transform the world because you've been transformed by the power of God in your life. He says, therefore. But, but if you notice, Paul the Apostle actually begins the book of Romans saying this. Listen to what he says in Romans chapter, eight, uh, chapter 1, verse 8. He says, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godliness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness since what may be known about God is plain to them. Now, let me put wickedness and godlessness into the right category. Because when I say those words, you can't relate to it. You know why? Because you don't think you're wicked. I don't think I'm wicked. I, just, I think I'm just a little bit better than the murderer. Hmm? I think I'm better than the drug dealer. So... When the word wicked comes up, we immediately say, well, that's not me. I'm not a wicked person. But, but according to Romans 1, 2, 3 and on, we are all wicked 
before a very holy God. And it's not what we do outwardly, but it's the idols that we have inwardly. And the Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So the truth of the matter is, is we in the sight of God, the Bible says even our good works are filthy rags before God. So, so no one's better than anyone else. That's, that, that is the problem in the church today, is that we judge people according to their outward appearances. Do you know why they crucified Jesus? The reason why they crucified Jesus is because Jesus could look right through every man and every woman. He was a spiritual x-ray. He was a spiritual CAT scan, and he could look deep into the heart of every man, and he made everyone feel uncomfortable. Why? Because Jesus was so holy. He was so righteous. He was so loving. He was so compassionate. He was altogether beautiful in all of his ways that he shined so much that he just shined his light on every man and he showed that there was wickedness in every single man. You see, here's the truth. If God showed a video right now of what you thought about this week and the people and how you believe and how you think about things this week, if he showed a video of all the things you did or thought about this week or in your heart, you would be totally embarrassed. Because all mankind is wicked without the grace of God. And so he says the wrath of God has to be poured on every man because every sin against the holy God demands eternal punishment. Not just murder, but the Bible says God hates gossip. How many of you have ever gossiped in your life? All the rest of you need counseling. Uh, yeah. Hmm. How many of you ever wanted something that didn't belong to you? That's lust. Thank you for those three hands. And so he says the wrath of God is is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness, since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature has been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. For although they know God... They neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking, everybody say thinking, their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Their thinking became futile and it resulted in a darkened heart, the mind, thinking, the heart. The heart is not just a physical organ, but it is the very seat of our emotion. It is the, the very seat of our desires in our heart, 
And the Bible says because our mind is futile, we can't really understand the things of God. We can't really understand the way God operates. We can't go deeper in the things of God. Our minds are become futile. In other words, they become dysfunctional. And as a result of that, our desires are letting, leading us the wrong way so that we can even be religious, so that we can even come to church, so that we can even teach a Bible study so that we can even read the Bible. But you see, the problem is, is we're not thinking with the mind of Christ. We don't know the mind of Christ. We're not going deeper in our knowledge of the Word of God, and it's not changing and transforming our life. So we've got, listen to me, an outward form of religiosity. We've got an outward form of saying that we're holy, but inwardly our heart is still leading us astray. He says, for although they knew God, they neither glorified him, but their thinking became futile. In other words, they lost their minds. And although they claimed, verse 22, to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal human beings and birds and animals and reptiles. Idolatry. They minimize, listen to me, they minimize the glory and power of God for, listen to me, religious relics, religious traditions, religious ways of thinking. That was, that was the problem. That's, what, that's why Jesus, he took a, a, a whip and went into the temple and turned the money changers tables over and he said, you have lost the very essence of religion. You have lost the very essence of the presence of God. You've lost the very essence of the knowledge of God, and you've turned it into religious traditions, and your religious traditions keep men from the presence of God. You can't come into this church dressed like that. You can't be a part of the community of God if you're struggling with that. You can't be a part of my small group. You can't be considered a Christian if you think differently than I think. Uh oh, it's getting hot in here now. In other words, they had lost their mind. They became foolish. They lost their ability to reason what was really right and wrong. They had lost their ability to reason what made real sense and didn't simply make any sense. They, they lost their ability to see that God was deeper than their religious practices. Therefore, verse 24, God gave them over to sinful desires of their hearts, their passions, to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. Verse 25, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. They couldn't tell the difference between what was worthy of worship, and what was simply created by God. So they created idols. Because of this, verse 26, God gave them over to shameful desires. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations with unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned their natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts 
with other men and received in themselves a due penalty for their error. They, 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 they couldn't recognize what just simply made created sense. In the beginning, God created male and female. And for this reason, a husband would leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and the two would become one flesh. But see, when we read that, we immediately go to just the sin of homosexuality. But see, the sin of homosexuality is actually a result of people who no longer want to embrace the common sense of God's created nature. But that's only one level. Because it goes on, it says, furthermore, verse 28, he's going to talk to us now. Just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, they didn't have a passion to understand knowledge. They didn't read their word. They didn't dig deep into their word. And they didn't say, the word of God is the standard by everything that I will believe, practice, and live out. Even if it goes against my desires. God's word is true. And if my lifestyle doesn't fit with God's word, I change my lifestyle. I don't change the word to fit my lifestyle. Hello! See, that's the problem with the church today. We keep on shifting and changing the word of God to fit our lifestyles. So if we don't want to be married anymore, we find a way and figure out a way to change the word of God when it says, let no man put asunder what God has joined together. If we don't want a child any longer, we don't call it a child. We call it a blob in the womb so that we can fit our Bible into our lifestyle instead of saying, this is what the Word of God says. The Word of God says marriage. The institution of marriage is sacred. Every life is sacred. Every person has been created in the very image of God. And if I treat somebody with disrespect, I've got to change my lifestyle. Why? Because it doesn't fit with God's Word. Oh, my. Oh, my, my, my. Oh, my. what he says furthermore just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God so God gave them over to a listen God gave them over to a depraved mind look I looked up the word depraved it means ruined corrupted degenerate mind so that they do not do what they ought to do for they have become filled with every kind of wickedness evil greed and depravity they are full of jealousy uh, listen I've met some Christians, just jealous. They're filled with murder, not just outward murder, but inward murder. Do you know that when you gossip about somebody, you murder their reputation? Hello? Strife, deceit, malice, they are gossipers. Oh, gossip, we don't gossip anymore. We just get on the phone. We don't call it gossip. We just say, you know, sister so-and-so, I can't believe that she voted for so-and-so. 
How could she even call herself a Christian? We need to pray for her to come out of this spiritual blindness. Hallelujah. But I love her in the Lord. <laughs> They're slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, boastful. They invent ways to do evil. They disobey their parents. And they have no understanding. Their minds have been darkened, so they have no true understanding. No fidelity, no love, no mercy. I've met some unmerciful Christians. Christians seem to be the only group of people on the face of this earth that shoots their wounded when they're down. Although they know God's righteous decrees they, that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these things, but also approve of those who practice them. And so Paul tells us in Ephesians 4, So I tell you this and, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their mind. Now, Paul is a Jew. And at that point, the gospel had come to the Jews. And everyone outside of the understanding of Yahweh the one and true God was a Gentile in their thinking. They did not know God. So Paul says, now that you Jew and Gentile come together and you know Christ, you've been born again by the Spirit, you're not to live like the Gentiles, listen, who, who in the futility of their thinking... He says, they cast off restraints and their hearts are darkened. Listen, in other words, Paul says, don't live like those who have not experienced new life in Christ. Don't live like those who are not born again. Don't live like those whose minds have not been renewed. Why? Because in verse 18, he says, they are darkened in their understanding. Everybody say understanding. And separated from the life of God because of their ignorance. Everybody say ignorance. That is in them due to the hardening of their wills, their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual want or lust for more. You, however, did not come. Here it is. You, however, me and you, however, have not come to know Christ in that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance to the truth in Jesus. Listen to me. The Bible teaches us that prior to being born again, converted, filled with his spirit, our minds were darkened to the truth. And that's why Jesus tells us that we must live in the light. That's why the Bible says the light came into the world. But those who wanted to stay in the darkness stayed in the darkness and they refused to change. John tells us if we live in the light, what is the light? The light is revelation of God, the truth of God, the truth of ourselves and how we need the change and we need Jesus to do the changing inside of us. And Paul tells us before we were born again, we could not understand, we could not fully comprehend, we could not grasp God's ways. It was so foreign to us, it was so contrary to us, it was absolutely 
foolishness to us. That's why, you know, I don't really get so crazy at people who don't like the way I think, who don't agree with the way I live. Why? Because they don't know any better. Why don't they know any better? Because their hearts have been darkened by the foolishness and ignorance of their mind, so they don't have the mind of Christ. They're not born again by the Spirit of God. The Bible says the Spirit searches all things. He knows all things. He makes it known to us. And so those, those that are not born again by the power of God, they can't understand why we feel the way we feel, why we live the way we live. That's why Paul the Apostle said in Romans chapter 8, remember, therefore, Romans 12, Romans 8, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostility towards God. It does not submit to God's laws, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. So Paul tells us in Romans chapter 8 that we all sin and we need to be transformed by the grace of God through what Jesus did on the cross and through the Holy Spirit coming into our life to abide in us. He transforms our life so now we're not living by the flesh but we're living in cooperation with, in union of the Spirit in our life. So what's the flesh? Well, the word in the Greek for flesh is sarks. And, and it starts out, this is our flesh, but it goes far beyond that to meaning the old way of thinking. Listen to me, look at me, look at me. The old way of acting. The old way of behaving. He said, before you were born again, you just behaved the way you wanted to behave. You responded to things in a sinful way. You didn't understand God. So the flesh there is the old person, the old way of thinking. He said, and so the person that is governed by the old way of thinking will continue to live a life that causes death and destruction and, 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 and division and fighting and, and all these things. Why? Because you can't help yourself. He said, but the life that is governed, controlled, by the Spirit brings life and peace. The life that is controlled by the Spirit that is connected to our spirit brings life and peace. He said, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, listen, listen, listen then even though your body is subjected to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, you have no obligation. Here it is. This is so good. You following me? Turn to your neighbor right now, and if they're falling asleep, slap them and say, this is too important. Wake up. I heard a slap. (laughs) 
Therefore, everybody say therefore. therefore. Brothers and sisters, you have, you, you have an obligation, but not to the flesh to live according to it. But if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the way that you behaved before you were born again, the misdeeds of the body, you will live. So Paul tells all of us, listen to me. He says, as I close, the worship team comes, makes them feel like I'm getting ready. And Paul tells us, listen to me, all truth and all knowledge and all wisdom and all understanding and all reality and all truth and all insight is found in Jesus and him alone. Colossians tells us that Jesus is the very wisdom of God, the very understanding of God. And it's found in Jesus alone. And so that man might accumulate, look at me, man might accumulate data. And man might accumulate skills. And man might try to go to psychologists and psychiatrists, and I'm not against them, only when they try to figure things out separate from God's created nature and God's creative understanding. And so they can go to psychologists and psychiatrists, and they could try to learn new skills. Do you ever notice that 12-step programs that that are not Christ-centered only offer replacement theology, not regeneration theology. What do I mean by that? Well, if you got a drug problem, go to a 12-step program, you can, then you can lean on another higher power. So you lean on another higher power. So now you don't drink anymore, but you smoke five packs of cigarettes. You're just replacing one idol for another. But Jesus said, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. Jesus said, you'll know the truth and it will set you free. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and that life more abundantly. The Spirit of God is upon me and he's anointed me to set the captive free. Hallelujah. You can live in freedom. But man can try to accomplish accumulate more data, more skills, more expertise, more education, more, more, more education, and a certain level of intelligence, but without wisdom that's found in Christ, our behavior will still become more and more barbaric. Listen to me, listen. Is that close? We live in a world today Look at me. We live in a world today that has more knowledge than ever before. We have so much knowledge. We've had, we have so much knowledge that now we have to store that knowledge on little chips. We've got so much information, information. You need to learn how to do something, just go on the web. Listen, if you've never fixed the car, you can go on the web on YouTube and they'll show you how to fix a car. If you've got a plumbing problem like I had yesterday, they'll help you to figure out how to fix your plumbing. 
knowledge after knowledge and you can go on YouTube you can go on Google and you can learn anything about everything because we're filled listen to me this world is filled with knowledge and you know what the Bible says in Daniel in the last days man's knowledge will increase exponentially and man will go from one place to the next place with incredible speed and accuracy we're living in those days friends where you can get on the super highway and you can find out anything and be anywhere in an instance there are people that are watching from Dubai right now I'm in their living room right now people that are watching in Jamaica yeah man I'm Pastor Bolt somebody will get that on the way out there are people that are watching in Italy Pasta Fazu we can go we've got all this knowledge 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 but listen to me listen to me as I cry out to you right now listen to me with all the knowledge that we have with all the data that we've collected today we have more knowledge than ever before but our marriages are falling apart at a record speed more people are getting divorced today than ever before our prisons are filled to overflowing we're killing human beings in the womb now listen to me I'm going to tell you something right now the world is lying to you young person it's lying to you why because the world is telling you that 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 little seed in a woman's body is not a child until it reaches a certain stage but the Bible says before you were born I knew you and science will prove to you and a mother will prove to you that when she finds out that she's pregnant at 12 weeks old and she wants to have that child she doesn't call it a fetus she calls it her baby do you understand me and science will tell you that within that seed when the sperm here it comes a health class and the egg meets together and there is conception science will tell you that in that seed there is the DNA everything that that child will be in the future but the world has told us that it's just a blah more knowledge more knowledge more understanding more data and more barbaric than ever before that we can take a child in its third trimester we can rip that child out of the mother's womb and close our eyes to believe that's not a human being that we can treat one another with such disdain and disrespect just because they're a different color than we are just because they believe in a different creed than we believe you see with all the knowledge we've had all the data that we have violence is on the rise drug addiction is paramount alcoholism is destroying families 
hatred, racism is on the rise. Prejudice is still a stain in America with all the knowledge that we have in this country. And people are hating each other just because of the color of their skin. And we have abandoned all common sense as a nation. And so Paul says, listen to me, look at me. Paul says, therefore, as holy, beloved sons and daughters of God, present your bodies, yourselves, as a living sacrifice to God, which is your reasonable act of worship. And that begins the beginning, listen to me, of a journey of transformation that occurs when God begins to change our mindset, change the way we think, fill our lives with knowledge and understanding and wisdom that comes from His Word and wisdom and understanding that comes from His Son. And it begins with us all standing to our feet this morning, right now, in the presence of all, standing to our feet right now, standing to our feet right now, for some of you that are a little slow, standing to our feet right now. And raising our hands towards God Almighty today. And saying to God, God, I don't want to conform any longer to the wisdom of this world. But I want my mind and I want my heart to be changed, to be transformed one day at a time from glory to glory in your very presence that I might understand, that I might perceive the depth of the wisdom and knowledge of God. I want to live holy. Paul says this. Listen to what he says. He says, so present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. You know what holy means? Holy means changed by God. Holy means set apart. Holy means different. Holy means you're not like the world. You love the world in the sense that you want to see it redeemed and changed, but you don't live like the world. Holy before God. Would you bow your heads? Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for the Holy Spirit to make this real. You might say to me, Pastor Steve, I came today and you hijacked my heart. And I recognize that I'm not certain if I died today, I'd go to heaven. And I need Jesus to forgive me of my sins. I want to think differently. I want to, I want to respond to the love of God in a way that I have power to do so. And I know that I need the presence of God in my life. I need the Holy Spirit to change me. I want you just to raise your hand right now and say, Pastor, pray for me right now. Raise your hands right now. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Here's what I want to do right after the service. I'm going to be standing right here. If you raise your hand, I want you to meet me right here. I want to give you a hug and we want to give you some information. We want to pray for you that your life would be changed. 
life would be changed. That you would come to know Christ in a powerful way. Every Wednesday night, we have what's called Grow University, where you can come and be taught the Word. I've got a foundations class that I teach. I want to pour my life into you. I've got some leaders that are going to help me do that as well. We need to get back to the Word, but not just to read the Word, but let the Word read us. Let the Word change us. So, Lord, I pray for every person in this room today that you would touch them, Lord. God, we would leave this place sobered by this sermon today, God. That, Lord, that we would long for you to transform our lives. That we would be the light of the world. That we would be so different that the world would say, wow, they love so deep. There's a joy in their life. There's a peace in their life. There's a control of the spirit in their life. There's a kindness. There's a faithfulness. There's a gentleness. There's a passion for that which is good and right and holy in their life. And it's translated into serving the world, serving mankind, loving our neighbors as we love ourselves. We thank you for that, Father. Now, if you need prayer today, maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you need a miracle in your life. You need somebody to pray for you today. There's going to be some people up here that want to pray for you as well. Hey, listen, I want to tell you today that I love you from the bottom of my heart. God has a plan for your life, and it's so big. God bless you. Have a great day in Jesus. Love you. Have a great day.